You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge. Tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. One of my favorite compliments we receive on our relationship is how hard we fight for it. Yeah. yeah. I've heard it from a few people. Most recently, Mama. Really? When she, yeah, when she sat us down when she was oh, here yeah. and said, I have never seen two people fight so hard for a relationship. Now, when I first heard that, my ego, it was a conversation where egos were really high. And so it was like, yeah, exactly. All we do is fight. This is negative. This is bad. But then once the waters receded and I realized, wait, that's actually beautiful because I don't know if a relationship is healthy if there isn't. I don't want to use the word fighting. It's got such growth. a negative growth. Thank you. Yeah. And growth is uncomfortable and it has growing pains, which the word pain falls into the same energetic bucket as fighting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I think thinking back on just that moment and mama saying that it's uh, it's not it's not a negative connotation. It's like I've, it's almost like she was saying I've never seen two people more willing to their personal growth and being that we're humans sometimes our shit overflows onto each other mm-hmm. and and to accept that from one another and still stand beside each other while we're going through our own inner battles is essentially fighting for the relationship because I'm fighting for you and cheering you on and you're doing the same for me um, it just isn't always in a health the healthiest way because we're human mm-hmm Yeah, I remember when I was married, for those of you new here, I got engaged when I was 21, 22, and married when I was 23 or 24, sometime around then. A baby! So young! Now that I'm a 33-year-old woman, I mean, that was 10 years ago, and I think... Remember we said it the other day? We were like... We look at when we were back in those moments. We were like, "I'm an adult. I got my oh, stuff yeah. figured out." And I then when we look back, shit. yeah, we look back. We're like, well, Gosh. not only that, but it was like everybody around you is also look at that. The pressure. I mean, mm-hmm. we can apply this to vaccinations and COVID right now, but yeah. we won't go there. But the pressure around you of like, when I got engaged and married, I was like one of the last. I was. I don't know about you in South Texas, but up in New England, I was. I was like middle to last of that train, yeah. right? It's like you either get engaged right after high school or right after college. It's good. So it's kind of like there's pressure on women sometimes when everyone around them are getting pregnant. Yes. And then it's like, what are you waiting on? Oh, gosh. Yeah. As soon as you get married, it's literally the questions start rolling in. So yeah. when you get a baby, it's like, yo, I'm still processing till death do us part. What do you mean? When gosh. am I conceiving a new life? And being, and being young and not even understanding how to handle pressure, period. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But um, Jeffrey's here as per usual. Yes. But I just remember wearing it like a badge of honor on my life resume that my then husband and I never fought. Ever. And so I, I told myself, like, this is the perfect relationship. Like, everybody else is fighting. Everybody else gets in arguments. That was so foreign to me. It's as foreign as the word dad because I grew up with no father figure, no masculine, no man in the house, which sounds sad, but people understand. It's so foreign. And so I guess thanks to Disney, but also 
I had a mother who was very like, just let it go, just forget about it. Like, let's not look at emotions, both joy Aquarius. or pain. An Aquarius, okay? There you go. Detached was the word. Like, yeah. I knew she loved me and cared for me, but it was never on display. Yeah. We'll say. So when there was conflict, that was also never on display. It was just like, man, fuck it, move on. I mean, she has a Leo moon too. So she's like, well, whatever, let's have a board game night. Yeah. And just move on. So um, where was I going with that? I was just sharing that because I have never been in a relationship where I've had to fight for it. Yeah. Um, in my marriage, I simply had to fight myself, an internal battle of head versus the heart. Because my heart was screaming daily, what are you doing? Why are you here? And then my head on the other end of the boxing ring was like, because this is what you do. This is a good person you don't fight with, which equates to healthy love. And to have that lifelong image implanted in my brain shattered, you know, the first sign of trouble in a relationship is like, it's, it's toxic. It's unhealthy. When in our relationship, I'm realizing that it's a good thing, right? Yeah, you can't have, I don't think you can have any growth in life without conflict and, and learning how to navigate conflict, even within like your, yourself. That's where everyone who listens to this, I think will agree. Like most of our growth personally comes from conflict that we then learn how to navigate as healthy as possible and then we kind of move on to the next step in the staircase but I think all growth personal and relationships friendships whatever family whatever it may be just within your all your relationships come from conflict of some sort Mm -hmm. the degree of conflict like of course it's going to change right but conflict is where you learn growth and it's it's kind of like the other uh little quote where it's like where you can't know light without dark right where you can't know you know love without almost hate you can't like you start putting all these pieces together and it's like well it's not that i'm trying to create conflict therefore i can grow it's just things are going to happen in this human experience that we have to learn how to navigate and sometimes those things are conflict so You know those Instagram photos posted by like the North Face or REI or influencers living out of a van and are there professional hikers? Mm -hmm. How they have those tiny backpacks that seamlessly carry everything they could possibly need to go camping or survive in the wild. Have you ever seen those? They're like aerial shots and they take out every single item in the back and they like perfectly, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they They have one backpack and they have like 4,000 items around them. In our relationship, I have felt like we have, you know what I'm saying? I have felt like we have had to unpack our life backpacks Mm -hmm. down to the spoon, (laughs) down to emptying the powder out of our dehydrated food packs and sifting through that to look for maggots. (laughs) Yeah. It has been mind-blowing. Like, talk about being turned inside out and getting scrubbed and swept and bleached. And Most, and I don't say it in a bad way. Sorry to cut you off. But it's like the, the previous relationships that I've been in, it's just been like, I'm carrying on. Here's my life backpack. Didn't take anything out of it when I was married because we didn't talk or fight about anything related to us. I used to tell my therapist 
um, back when I was like 25 years old. I said, I don't know why I just feel this way, but I wish my husband would challenge me. I want to fight him. I want, and she would just like nod and take notes on her pad. And I was like, I know that sounds so weird, but I want to grow. I want to be, I want to have a good debate. And little did I know that was my subconscious, like speaking to me. And so on days when you and I are just debating and just taking everything out of the backpack, there is a piece of my mind that I don't share with you, but I think of that. I think of sitting in that room and telling a counselor, I want to fight with my partner. I don't know why. You can't always get what you want, but if you wish for it, sometimes it's going to come true. (laughs) She said, hold my pad. Hold, yeah. Um, Is that a good analogy? Yeah. So when you, that's why I was writing things down. When you said, so I think there's a difference between fighting for something which in relationships is kind of almost like this interpersonal thing where it's like it may look like I'm fighting for my relationship but what I'm really doing is fighting my own demons to then grow so I can show up better in the relationship and I'm very sorry that sometimes my demons come out to the table and you have to face them with me that's never my intention so fighting for it is one aspect fighting it is something different, right? So like I look at past relationships for me and it's like I was never fighting for anything because I never even really knew who I was or even what direction I was going. So I was just fighting it. And then when you dive deeper into like, well, why was I fighting it then? It's like, well, I was just fighting to survive. Yeah. That's it. Fighting right now I'm, I'm, I'm fighting to thrive. And back then it was like I literally was just fighting to survive. Yeah. And 12-year-old Jordan had to pop up sometimes because if he didn't, it just felt like the world was going to incapacitate me and, and I couldn't, you know, I had to, def- almost like defensive. I had to defend myself. But the problem is, is once you get to a certain age or a certain place in life where it's like, okay, I, I get that I had to fight to survive and my 12-year-old self really protected me in some moments. Keeping him at bay with healthy people mm-hmm. is like this next step in the staircase where uh, I'm learning through my men's group where it's like, okay, it's okay for your 12-year-old self to pop up, but why is he popping up? Mm-hmm. And like ultimately, what are you what are you trying to get out of what's going on right now? Are you fighting it? Or are you fighting for it? Like what's Yeah. There's a difference. This one you say the age 12 cuz trauma therapists have said that you revert back to the age where the most intense trauma happened, right? Remember how we sometimes with people who are coming at us, I'll say, okay, let's assign this person an age. How old is this person acting? And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like a freaking 17-year-old. I'm like, okay, let's treat him. So that's yeah. something to look back into. But God, it just I feel so bad for both of us. I could cry. I mean, this is real life. This is real relationships. But in a relationship, we don't realize that wow, this is going to segue into the Hunger Games analogy. We don't realize that. So here's Stephanie, here's Jordan, coming to the table to shake hands and say, I volunteer as tribute. Let's go to Hunger Games. I'm coming with all of my childhood traumas, all of my epigenetics of generational patterns that are subconsciously making me act and think and speak a certain way, and then past relationship issues as well. Yeah. Right? Yes. And then you're coming to the table with all of your childhood traumas, all of your epigenetics, and your past relationship shit as well. And now, being our age, but I guess this can apply to any age, but mostly in your late 20s and 30s, you we also come with past divorces. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big thing. And then some of us come with children. Some of us come with dogs that we got with previous partners. And so 
you know, like remove everything. That stuff alone is heavy. Yes. It's really fucking heavy. And so if we're using the unpacking the backpack analogy, we take everything out. And then it's like, hey, I want to just hug you and have sex with you and, and play with you. But there's so much shit in the middle of us that's like a booby trap. There's spikes. There's fire. <laughs> how, yeah. do I, how do I get to you and just have fun? And life says, well, you got to organize everything. You've got to scrub everything that was in your bag. you got to wash the sleeping bag. And then you got to dry it in the sun. And You and, um, you and Sarah, remember a while back, y'all had like, I don't know, three years ago, y'all had a podcast. And you mm-hmm. were one of the first times you talked about cleaning your table. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's more to it than just cleaning, you know, the table off. It's like, yeah, you, you're going to have to actually go into the kitchen and scrub the utensils yes. and wash the cloth yes. and... Oh shit! Once you do that and you set everything again, it's like, damn, there's still stains here, and there's it's, right. it's um, it's a it's a never-ending pattern of growth. I'm sure it ends at some point, maybe, but it's right. learning to navigate this unpacking mm-hmm. as healthy as you can because there is no perfect person. Mm-mm. So every time you know you see anybody, whether it's on Instagram or any type of social platform or even even in real life, like you don't get a lot of times the reality of what people are, mm-hmm. where they're going, what they've been through. You just get the highlights, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you start to assign meanings a lot of times like, damn, our relationship doesn't seem to flow that easy or, right. man, like why don't we? It's <sighs> like, no, you have your stuff, I have mine, and now we have to learn to navigate um, that's why I loved when, you know, I was on Instagram back in the day and like, you know, Nicole and them would post things like mm-hmm. loving your partner is really understanding their traumas. Because if I understand, we all forget at times, but if I understand your traumas and you fully understand mine in those moments of of some kind of chaos, instead of us having conflict, those are the moments where we can pull these tools out of the bag and say, mm-hmm. hey, I know your trauma, you know mine. Like, how do we navigate this correctly? Yeah. Which is where you're trying to go and where we're trying to get to. But it takes some shit to get there. So much shit. And then shit pops up that you're like, I thought we were over. What What yeah. is this shit? Because shit from the past triggers your triggers from the past. And it's yeah. just like, ring around the rosy, we go. And it's so difficult and it's so hard. And about a month ago we were having issues with partners from the past and things that we have done individually before our relationship in the past and that's where the hunger games analogy got brought up where i was like listen nobody culturally wants love to win you can all say we do love conquers all whatever our society and culture does not support that I mean, I, in the last podcast I recorded, I was like, I'm literally looking at a billboard that has a very voluptuous woman on it saying 18 plus up all night. Like, yeah. No, you, it doesn't. There's it, porn everywhere. There's social media everywhere. There's just sex, sex, sex already like pulling you away from that commitment. And now you've got movies and books and things saying, well, this is what romantic love looks like. Mm-hmm. Not realizing, no, this is for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. But it makes you fall into that trap. And then you've got past people who don't want to see you grow, don't want to see you happy because they're not happy. Just shooting arrows at your relationship. And then you've got your parents with their own triggers and traumas throwing bombs at your relationship. And it's just like, holy shit, how do we do this? Like... No matter when you met, how you met, under what circumstances, everybody 
in their partnership is going through a round of Hunger Games. Yes. You get dropped off. Everybody's partnered up. And we're like, okay, let's run and get our supplies. Let's figure out how to survive with these supplies. Okay, what are our strengths? You and I are funny as fuck. We love that. We love to travel. Yeah. That's that's something. Um, we love to talk. God, do we love to talk. Um, we have matching Scorpio moons. Ooh, that's a really good supply in our backpack. Right? Yeah. And then once we grab all that, we run into the woods. And then we're like, okay, everybody's after us. There's going to be booby traps popping up in the name of past partners. Or maybe one of the kids gets sick. Maybe one of us has a major mental or physical health issue that we've got to be there for the other person with. Or financial crisis. Yeah. Work crisis. We've got to be ready for those things that could happen in the future anytime. So when we were having our issue with people and things from the past, I was like, baby Jay, wake up, wake up, like... We've got to focus on working out, meaning getting our relationship stronger, because we don't know what's coming in the future. Yeah. What if we get pregnant with a baby that is born with something wrong and we have to like now say, holy shit, I never saw this coming. And we have to strengthen our bond to help raise that. You know, that's just one example of a million. And so I was trying to say the Hunger Games analogy is don't live so much in the past and even if past partners or actions on the other person's behalf don't trigger you in any relationship. Let's say we met when we were fucking 13. We've never dated anyone else. There's going to be things we do and say to each other that we might not get over. Yeah. Remember when we were 18 and you said this? You got like, I think healthy relationships have to let those things go in order to move forward and face what is to come. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. The where you have to do your own inner work is you have to know that when you or when something does trigger me or your partner, you know, there is a trigger at all. You have to be aware enough to then look Mm -hmm. at it and be like, hey, is this mine or do I need to send this back? Um, And if it is mine, trying to navigate, you know, that's why I, I. I'm glad I'm part of the the alliance, the, the men's group that Connor has, because it allows you to really fully understand, like, hey, as a collective group of men, what should we um, discuss with, with our partners? How should we navigate things? And nobody's perfect, right? Nobody has the perfect answer. But when you put a collective group of people together, you can kind of figure out based on different circumstances and what different people have been through like hey this sounds healthy hey this doesn't so um the hunger so going back like to the hunger games analogy instead of mid-game stopping and being like hey you said this before and it really fucking pissed me off Mm -hmm. well it's okay to be maybe triggered by something but if we know we need to keep moving in the right direction as a man now it's it's on me to be like Hey, as we're walking, looking over at you, I say, hey, this upset me. We may not have time right now because we're fighting for our life. But at some point, I'd like to discuss this. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's so many. Um, as a man and a woman. It's yeah, as a man and a woman. Yeah, it's your job, My too. Job as well. But somebody, I guess the whole point of the Hunger Game deal is like somebody has to be more aware like, in that moment you gotta keep trucking yeah. on let's go yeah somebody and it's gonna like teeter totter back and forth but somebody has to be aware enough in these moments of chaos to be like hey I get it that's cool you're valid mm-hmm. but let's navigate this at a different point in time because right, right now we've we've got to mm-hmm. survive for the moment yeah yeah 
our issue a month or two ago was you found out the truth about a past partner that I dated before we were even a couple and it was a really big issue because I had lied about it and it was tough. But I remember saying like, I'll be here for you. Let's walk through it. Let's get over it. And I needed to give you more grace to process it and let that dust settle. But in my mind, it's like, yo, it's okay. It's still recording. I was like, we can, we are co-parenting right now with a not so healthy person. A grenade can be thrown at us at any time. I don't want to focus on things in the past when we have got so many balls to juggle in the present. Yeah. I'll be here through this trigger for you, but I really feel like a third party is needed for you to handle this because not only do I have to help you handle that, I got to handle my own stuff, Mm -hmm. my own health, my own career, you know, plus the heavy weight of things that we came to the relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So talk about the alliance, because I'm sure when people hear that, they're like, the what? I think it's so beautiful because us women have our girlfriends to talk, talk, talk to. We have the gift of gab. We have astrology. Men do too, but women just seem to gravitate towards it. We have women's full moon circles. I mean, uh, the self-help for women is really endless. And even though I know it is for anybody, we women just have a natural gravitational pull towards it. And so you are in something really cool that when you show me, I'm blown away because I'm such an advocate. I'm a feminist who loves men. I want them to have the support, especially emotionally and spiritually, that we women are kind of born with. And you, my friend, are doing that. People are going to think we're like selling it. No. We are not an affiliate. This is genuinely what he's doing on his own. Yeah. So um, there's a guy named Connor Beaton who has a company called Man Talks. And some people know, some won't, but you can look him up on Instagram. What's his wife's name? Or what's her? Viv. So his wife is Viviana, but her Instagram is um, something woman. Rising? No, not rising. No, it was mindful. Mindful woman or mindful something. Mindful MT. Mindful, mindful MFT. Okay. Mindful MFT. Vienna. Vienna. Yep, that's her. So Connor created this group for men because what it seemed like, which was kind of what I was going through with you um, in our relationship, was like, well, I want to talk about something, but I want to make sure I present it correctly. No matter what it may be, presentation is like the key to most conflict. Right. So like I have a chance to either bring this trigger and this trauma to you with, you know, via exhibit A and we get into a knockout drag out like most Mm -hmm. people do. Or I bring it to you in exhibit B, which allows for a little more safe space and like an open dialogue. Um, And yeah, so I didn't I didn't was trying to figure out how to navigate things correctly because what felt good was saying things this this way doing things this way but i'm in my own echo chamber so it's like okay let's let's get some other opinions out there who are in fact um you know like connor's wife is a licensed and trained and she's a psychologist and a family therapist and yeah so working with working with professionals but then within a big group of men who are also you know trying to navigate their own shit Um, and so joining the group, one of the things that I did notice is that most men have a hard time speaking. My problem is I don't have a hard time speaking. I have a hard time 
taking what I'm about to say and properly uh, presenting it so mm-hmm. that way it's less of a you know energetic feel of like conflict um, so joining the the men's group which is called the Alliance which is part of Connor Beaton's man talks program um, and I think there's like just in the Alliance section which is like one of four programs that he does mm-hmm. I think there ended up being like uh, 220 different men nice so and within that group it then breaks down you know you kind of start to navigate who you vibe with and mm-hmm. who's had but it's similar essentially instances. just a network of men to yeah. talk yep. and share how they feel share really vulnerable stories that maybe yep. they don't have any other man friends in front of them Right? I always yeah. feel bad for men because I can have a bunch of girls over, we can kick it on the couch, and you'll walk in and hear us talking about all of our relationships like it's nothing. Do you ever, like, that frat party going on down the street last night, do you think they're over there drinking beer by the pool talking about how poorly they behaved in their past? <laughs> no, but see, this is where I think as men it takes, I don't know about for women, but you like you can't just put any group of men together and expect, like, a healthy banter that then gets mm-hmm. a healthy like an accomplished goal. Right. You put a group of men together, hanging out, drinking beer, who have grew up and were friends, and even if you start talking about emotions, most of them are going to be so evol- unevolved that when you get done, you're just as confused as when you started. Mm. So when you go to groups like this, you're actually engaging with, a, I would say 70% of the men there are kind of really trying to navigate their traumas and what they're going through and 30% are kind of a little more on the side of they've navigated most of them they understand what's healthy wrong and right and they have integrity but they're of course they're still they're not perfect and then you have somebody ahead of them which is like you know Connor for instance who is married to um, his wife whom is a licensed psychologist and family therapist and so the information he gets and passes down from multiple perspectives, healthy men take that and digest it and then pass it down to people who are really struggling. And so we're just helping each other up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is so beautiful in itself. Yeah. That there's a group of men to talk to. Yeah. Right? Because all of this leads back to how Jeff, I'm trying so hard to not get him to snore. My arm is falling asleep being He's under fine. his flubber. Um to how we, for the past three months, really since Libra season, thanks for that, Libras, mm-hmm. uh, Libra rules relationships, in case anyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, it just feels like our relationship has been on fire. On fucking fire. I love that now there's people, I'm not, I, for me. And when I, I say fire, I don't mean in a good way. I mean like, hello, like 911. Please throw me a bucket of water and a fire extinguisher because this is hard. Well, it's been mo- it's been the it's been the extremes. It's been fire, but it's been more blissful mm-hmm. without the moments of fire. Yeah, it has. So, I will say that there have been moments where I'm just like, this is the life I prayed yeah. for before I was even engaged. Yeah, it wasn't as in flow as it was sometimes, but it was definitely the extremes of like, this sucks. Wow, this is more beautiful than I've ever even imagined. Mm-hmm. But. I know from my perspective, having somebody at my table or around me who understands healthy boundaries and is very committed to living a life of integrity each and every day, like I'll use Connor for instance, Mm -hmm. 
it's it helps tremendously because I can either stay in my own echo chamber and try and figure out integrity and navigate my way, which is hard, or I can surround myself with other men who are kind of like me and we can all just stay lost together. <laughs> you know, like right. So, just keep leading each so other we can in just circles. keep each yeah, we can keep leading each other yeah. in circles, or we can put somebody and insert somebody in our life that has something that I look up to and whom I value their yeah. opinion. And this is why I say men can't just be in the same group of men they've always been around because mm. you're still where you're at today. I think it goes for men and women. Yeah. Yeah, you got you there has to be somebody in a group of people who is where you're trying to go. Yes. They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be completely evolved, but they have to be this next level of you where you're trying yes, to get because there you go. how can I get somewhere that I don't even none of us. No group of men of yeah. 10 guys can get somewhere that none of us have ever been. Yeah. And if there's one guy in that group that's like, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm learning from somebody else, but I can pass you along the information that I have. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, we can take that next step. Like, yeah. that's that's the only way that I see it working. Yeah, for men. I feel I feel compassion and sadness, said Scorpio, everything <laughs> for us, because I love that analogy. And you in the past 30 days have most definitely been like Steph, like as your best friend, take stock. Who are you talking to every day? Do they have, are they in a place in their career you aspire to be? Are they in relationships that you hope that ours will turn into one day? And I had to really look and go, holy fuck. Doesn't, no. and it doesn't mean they can't be in your life, but no, you gotta find somebody who is where you're going. Yeah, and I didn't. And I was just like, son of a bitch. I, I need friends, <laughs> I guess. Not friends. I want a mentor who's like yeah. 10, 20, 30 years older than yeah. me. That's a friend, but a mentor. Like Lance. Yeah. He can help me financially. But like I want someone. And why, what I was saying earlier, I'm so sad for us because neither one of us have an example from adults, you know, people older than us, of a healthy relationship. I wish one of us had grandparents or one of our set of parents, our mom or dad, had a relationship that was hashtag goals and that when we're having a really shitty day and fighting, one of us can just go over there and be like, oh, how do you guys do it? And they're, they don't pick a side. They don't say, well, she's toxic. You need to leave her or he's no good for you. You should leave. They sit with you and they say, well, yeah, it definitely takes rolling up your sleeves. We don't have that. Well, we well, there's not that to run to in those moments. So we're basically in this echo chamber together trying to navigate it. By ourselves, but, just two kids paddling upstream. But we've never even seen it. So when you haven't even ever mm-hmm. seen it, uh-uh. you got to be got to make up your own, like, I, I guess it's yeah, supposed to look it, like this. Yeah. And no, like, yeah. And nobody has a per. This is where I love that I hadn't been on Instagram, to be honest. Because in these tough moments we've had, I have not taken the opinion or the outside view of mm-hmm. anything but me. And I don't mean like, I don't mean that in a bad way, like I know all, but I'm navigating it from a place that feels good to me, Ooh, right or wrong, beautiful, right or wrong. Like and then I, I get to learn from what feels good or bad after the fact, like, oh, conflict. This was actually conflict from me. So let me X that off the list because that didn't feel right after it was done. But that came from me. That didn't come from me seeing a post. That didn't come from me trying somebody else's approach. This came from JL, right or wrong. Yeah. 
I mean, Google it. The chemical concoction that fires off in our brain when we're scrolling through a news feed and double tapping everything, even though we don't even know what we're looking at, is the same chemicals that a puff of a cigarette gives someone to calm their nerves down. So, of course, after a gnarly fight with your partner, you're like, fuck them. And you drive away, you're going to go up to your room and you just want to scroll. And what you don't realize you're doing is, especially if you follow self-help accounts, you're looking for validation yes. for what you feel. Here we go. Open Instagram. First post. If they don't give you what you want, you're worth more. Leave them. And yeah. it's like, you know what? Yeah. Without realizing. Wait, wait, wait. Let me sit with myself. Like you said, not talk to friends, not go on social media. Let these waters recede. And then once those are gone, you know, like the water, literally like a bathtub, it's all gone. And then there's sand in the bath and there's toys and there's dog hair. And you're like, oh, that's my dog's hair. That dirt came from my fingers. Uh, And you can realize your role in the issue and realize how it happened. Our favorite quote ever with any issue we get in is it takes two to tango. That is one thing I love about us. Despite us having so many debates, we always both tuck our tail and say, it takes two to tango. So even though this conversation, this very heated conversation, is essentially you, I'm going to acknowledge the role I've played in it, even if it's just as simple as I'm not big enough to say, hey, this is a power struggle, yeah. not a conversation, so let's take a break. Yeah. I don't... It takes. It takes... It's a lot of work, not just to be in your own healthy relationship within yourself or your partner or your friends... But it takes a lot of work to get out there and find healthy relationships to then kind of take advice from because I see it now how I used to look at things like Instagram and, you know, for instance, back, uh, you know, three months ago or whatever, when I was like, hey, I went on my run, was feeling away and I was like, you know what, I want to present how I'm feeling right now in a very safe manner. So when I came back to you and was like, hey, I'm feeling this way. After I said it, it was like, I know, you shared that wow, toxic yeah, episode. like I just shared how I was feeling and I get it was a very gentle way. But like after I said it and it was all done and said, I was like, wow, that wasn't even actually from me You're wearing your traumas on your sleeve. That, that was me <laughs> speaking from the person's like if I were letting that other person speak for me and it's like, oh, gosh. So, yeah. It's yeah, we were, when we go on the Internet, once we're really triggered or fired up or really lonely and depressed. It's a cool place to self-express, but again, once the waters recede, you'll go back and look at a post and be like, oh my gosh, that was my triggers and traumas on fire. Let me just go ahead and delete that, even though it's beautiful. It's a part of you. It's why some of these podcast episodes from four years ago, I won't delete because it's cool to see where I was in that time. You know what came to mind as you were saying? People need to have a relationship in their life that they can look up to. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people don't. But what do you think of this? If people are listening to this, like, well, I admire Steph and Jael's relationship. I think it's healthy. Can I get advice from them? Well, I mean, you can. <laughs> there's there's people that been, are trying. We just had our three-year friend anniversary. We became friends in January 2019. I think the healthiest of relationships <laughs> are the ones who will call their self out on shit and who can navigate conflict correctly um and yeah. not just not have conflict because I, I i have listened to psychologists in the past month i have listened to podcasts from very well-known psychologists very 
uh, family therapist. Yeah. I have dove deep into like hearing different perspectives from multiple avenues on what does a healthy relationship mean? And every single one of them from the people that I know people listening to this look up to, you know, online or, or may know of, but like they all say a healthy relationship is built on conflict, but it's how you navigate and handle that conflict, not only in the moment, but how do you clean it up after? So mm-hmm. like that's always our pillars, right? That's always our first step in these in these conversations with psychologists, neurologists, uh, family therapists, and all these discussions. It's, look, there's pillars. Nobody's perfect. Nobody can jump the staircase and go from being a, a trauma-ridden life, triggered all the time, to then mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal at their relationship in a week. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen. But their first pillar is always, hey, look, we're going to have some conflicts that we come from a place of trauma. And when we do, pillar number one, how do I clean up my mess Mm -hmm. after the fact, right? And it's like, well, yeah, of course we want to all say like, well, we just don't have conflict. And if I don't present conflict, then I don't have anything to clean up. It's like, that's not healthy. What's healthy is you're going to be triggered about something. It doesn't go the way either one of you expected, friendship, relationship. But how do you clean it up after? What do you come with after? Do you come and say, hey, I apologize for earlier. This is the place I was coming from. Here is my trigger. Here is my trauma. This wasn't actually yours, so I'd like to take that back. Or, you know, hey, I didn't feel this was respectful in this way. And we navigate the conversation from a different energy. And then the next pillar is you get to a place where you realize the conflict is coming. And you can then handle that conflict instead of, you know, some people yell and scream, right? Instead of yelling and screaming, you say, hey, I'm upset right now because of this or that. Let's talk about this. And you go through these hour-long banters like we have just to get to the the end of it. And it's like, oh, well, now we're going to clean it up. So that's, Mm -hmm. and then the next pillar, you know, which is where everyone's trying to get is being able to feel conflict arise and look at your partner and say, hey, I'm feeling a type of way, but I love you. Let's discuss this whenever both our energies are, are in a good space. Yeah. And something that came out for us last week, and this is the most twin Scorpio moon. For those of you in Virgo Sag. astrology, he's a Virgo Scorpio moon cancer rising. I'm a Sagittarius Scorpio moon Taurus rising. So we just hard-headed. So <laughs> and smart. No, we're mutable signs, so we're not hard-headed. Our son, our egos are mutable, so we're that's why we're both very good at saying you're right. I'm sorry, because we um, can mute to put e- mutate to put each other. In each other's yeah, shoes to say, oh, if you're fixed or cardinal, <laughs> good luck. But our moon signs are emotional because you are my soulmate, not my ego mate. If we were just friends, which is why I said, like, sometimes when I'm so sad, I say, can we just be friends again? It was so easy because that was the Virgo and Sag. Virgo and Sag have so much fun together. The banter doesn't stop. But our moons, we're soulmates now. We're lovers. That's our moon signs. And God bless. It is two Scorpio moons here. So the other day we're sitting in the kitchen and I just brought up one thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Three hours later, you're late for work. I'm not even working. We're still just me, 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 me. Like it's respectful. We don't scream at each other. We don't yell. We give each other. We don't cut each other off. But it's hours and hours and hours. And it's like we don't realize it because we are in a power struggle. 
Yeah. We're in a massive power struggle of I'm right, you're wrong. Even if we won't just flat out say it, that is why we debate. It is <laughs> it is like playing ping pong or tennis with each other. And so at one point, I looked at the clock and I was like, we are going on three and a half. So I'm going to say, cut and cut in scene. I said, baby, zoom out. Like pretend we're flying on a bird or a helicopter. Let's zoom out from our kitchen and look down. What are we talking about? And you were like, no, you said uh, you said what you said. Where, what are we? Getting oh, I at? said, and then, what do you want to get out of this conversation? And you looked down at the counter, and then over at me, and back down, and you were like, I, I, uh, I just remember saying like, yeah, you're right. This is kind of stupid. Yeah, you were like, I don't, I don't know. And yeah. I was like, guess what? I don't fucking know either. What are we wasting? <laughs> it was a beautiful day out. I could have been writing my book. You could have been out doing your work. Like. And I was like, see what we do? And this conversation isn't productive. And I've been saying that lately. Like, our conversations are enlightening, but they're not productive. And I don't feel good after them. And that the reason why I figured out that day in the kitchen is because it's our moons having a power struggle. Yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah. yeah. It's so, I mean, we're always, now that I know astrology and I know us, it would be silly for me to think that we'd never get into a power struggle again but both of us were so smart virgo sag both of us are so fucking smart i'll give us that compliment that we need to be aware enough to step out of that black scorpio bubble and say wait is this a good virgo sag debate where we're both going to learn and benefit or is this two black dragons fighting for dominance of the castle (laughs) we need to figure that out because it wastes so much precious time well, there's your there's your reason why if people want to look, I mean, you can or you can't, but if you want to look <laughs> up to us as a relationship, you will get real and you will get how we navigate stuff and you will get, you won't get some, it's always, it's always, 90% of the time it is fucking beautiful, mm-hmm. sunny, and we are cruising oh, yeah. we have on so much a fucking fun. Uh, motor cart yeah, and Universal are. Studio, we are cracking up. Why mom but, just staying with us for over a month? And when she left, she was like, you know, I'm going to miss how many times throughout the day I hear you guys laughing so loud that the walls shake. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. Yeah. That's but, our fifth house stillium. But most aren't willing, especially in a position like yours where, you know, there's a lot of eyes and ears on you. Most aren't willing to actually own the shadow side of things. Like yeah. to... to Hey, if you want to if you want to mimic what we do, cool, but I'm going to tell you the good and the bad because I don't want you just trying to live some false yeah. hopeful life of trying to be me or us and yeah. and think that you're it's not obtainable because oh, we seem perfect, but at the end of the day we're not. We are so passionate and when people hang out with us, they don't want to leave because yeah. We have like an addictive energy on top of our Scorpio moons. We are just fun. We are very accepting, non-judgmental, mikasa sukasa, and we just love to have fun. On top of just being freaking nerds, where we're like, oh yeah, you know how raw cacao was made? Let us show you. We have a box of cacao from Miami Fruit Farm. Let me tell. (laughs) Let me tell you about the pituitary gland, (laughs) ATP proteins, and brown fat and white fat. Uh. Yes. (laughs) Have you ever heard of Congan water? Ours is upstairs in the bathroom. Yeah. Do you drink 8.5? Yes, it's fine. But I think what freaks people out is that we are such extremists. We're on one end of the spectrum. Hanging out with us is like going to Six Flags. It is so fun. Or Carnival. Six Flags is a New England. Is that a Texas thing? Fiesta, Texas. Six Flags. Going to a Carnival. 
But then on the other side of the coin, there are some really emotional, I don't want to use the word fight. No. But arguments, disputes, we really don't. I mean, define fight. To me, fighting is cussing each other out, lots of screaming, throwing things, slamming things. We don't do that. We've never done shit like that. No, but we we do. But we're passionate. And when you see us in one of our, like, locked eyes, just, like, being dead-ass serious with each other. It's looking at two Scorpios. Yeah, and we had one of those because my mom was with us for a while and we had one while she was here and the poor lady was like getting all red and rashy and tears were just falling from her eyes and I had to be like, we're okay, but like we're also fighting really hard for this relationship and yeah. It is not easy being a human, period. Mm. A single human. Remove a relationship and a partnership. It's not. It's not easy being, um, you know, addicted to, you know, coming from addiction to drugs or alcohol or as a man in porn and like uh, being abused physically, verbally. Um, you know, nobody came from a perfect home, and if you did, kudos to you. There's and you're no probably way ahead of me in life. <laughs> I, but there's no such but thing as a perfect home. Nobody, nobody did, and and I find. Each and every day I'm a little more aware of it, you know, whether it's engaging with people who work for me or um, this people in this men's group. It's like, oh, wow. okay, you know, this person is the leader of the whole group, but is still very open like we are on this podcast about what his shadow side and his triggers and his traumas are. And thank goodness he has a partner who can look at him and use the tools in her bag and say, hey, I see you right now. You're valid right now. But. Let's engage later on because I can see that this is going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of being in a relationship, a close, a close relationship or friendship with anybody is being mm-hmm. able to to navigate conflict correctly because mm-hmm. it is the difference between life and death sometimes. If I were making a promo video for this, I would use that clip. There you go. <laughs> that was good. That's exactly right. Is navigating conflict the right way. And that is something you have really taught me that I will keep throughout my life, whether we are together or not, is that conflict is healthy. And one thing I absolutely adore about you is that, and I think this is rare, I can say anything to you and you won't be like, that ain't me. Oh, fuck that. I've told you you're codependent and you're like, okay. Even if your ego is screaming, no, fuck not. You are still like, okay, um, you know what? Let me Google some podcasts on it and I'll get back to you. And I've told you you're controlling and you're like, okay, I'm not going to deny that. Let me write you a letter to talk about why I may possess some of those traits aside of being all Virgo everything and (laughs) right yeah how beautiful like let's just give you a little round of applause on my knee that's a knee slapper (laughs) because I don't think that that's a lot of people can hear things like that without getting triggered yeah I don't not only that but you take it a step further and say okay well I'm gonna find a good podcast or a book about this and either try and fix my ways or at least educate on it and figure out how I develop those traits yeah well and so being a rooted individual, you're, it's kind of your job on this earth to take criticism and, is, and make it constructive or not, right? So it's like, okay, people are always going to try and want you to be better. 
right? And they're going to come with an opinion from their perspective on something. I do it too. Um, it's your job as a human to be able to take what people say, stay rooted enough to never lose yourself, but not so rooted that you just are not willing to be open-minded to anything. And so like in those moments when you're like, well, hey, what do you, do you think you're codependent? It's like, I maybe don't feel like it, but I'll look into it and I'll see and I'll kind of dive into it. And if I, you know, if I have some of these tendencies, I definitely want to do the work to make sure that I'm not. Um, and then it's up to me to take that and process it and say, hey, let me go learn. Let me educate myself. And when it's all said and done, do I feel like I am? Mm-hmm. If, I, if I feel like I'm not, then I'll explain to you maybe a perspective from my side why I feel like I may not be. But if I feel like I am, then it's, again, my job to take that and say, okay, how do I gain the knowledge and the wherewithal to grow as a human? Because even if you didn't exist, these are things that need to be realigned so I can be the best man that I can be at the end of the day. Not just the best partner, but the best man. Um, and show up for other men, for, for people mm-hmm. who are watching me. Because I don't. the last thing I want is for me to have a tendency that I don't even know about. And then somebody else trying to mimic who I am only to find out that they're mimicking a, a very lost individual. So mm-hmm. I love how you and I are the greatest mirrors for each other. And I say this, the perfect example is codependency. Because I said, like, I think you're codependent. Like, you always, you're more physical touch than me. You always want to be with me. Whereas I'm not physical touch. I need way more alone time than you. So I was like, can you look into this? And you're like, right on, sis. And you looked it up and you're like, okay, hey, not going to deny that I'm sometimes anxiously attached. But I think you are codependent and at first i wanted to be like are you nuts no i said you but like hey you should look into right but i was like okay well if he can compassionately listen to me then i will compassionately listen back so i was like okay and you sent me a podcast and i listened to it and i was like yeah that's me (laughs) there i am i didn't realize codependency isn't about like you'll die if your partner leaves or you want to spend all your time with them It's that I don't speak my truth to you out of fear of what you're going to say, which leads into when I said, well, I think you're controlling. Codependency and a controlling partner are holding hands, swinging on a swing set together. There's one, there's the other. And so I think that was such a huge revelation for me personally, but also our relationship as a whole. It's like, oh, if I can solve my codependency by saying, hey, I'm going for a walk on the beach alone. Mm -hmm. I don't want to come with you. I love yeah. you so much, but no. Whereas before, I'm super like tuck my tail like, okay, no, I want to be with you because I'm so afraid of your reaction. I've got to be afraid of, this applies not just to you, but everything in my life, of yeah. other people's reactions to my truth. Yeah. So it was like, wow. Like what a mirror moment. Like I'm looking in a mirror telling you behind the mirror like, hey, I think this is your problem when really it's mine. Yeah. And it, the pendulum only swings. I wrote down a list of you know, because there's opposite ends of the spectrum, right? You have codependency in a relationship, which is on one spectrum opposite, and then you have controlling. Those are pretty much two opposite ends of the spectrum. And we try and live within the middle space to be as healthy as we can. Mm-hmm. And when I started writing everything down, it was like, oh shit, in the beginning, I was way more codependent and yeah. not controlling at all. Yeah. But I wasn't speaking for myself. Well, then here comes little 12 year old JL speaking too much for himself. And we kind of flip-flopped in ways. And it's like, wow, this pendulum keeps swinging. But the whole, 
but that's part of this journey, what I'm learning in this men's group and what and the stuff that I've dove into is you can't listen to what I'm saying right now and say it's wrong because it is just proof that nobody is perfect, that we all have some codependency issues with something, we're very controlling in other ways with other things, and that we're pinballing back and forth throughout life trying to find that sweet spot in the middle Mm -hmm. of how can I still show up with love, expect nothing in return, but Mm -hmm. also not let somebody walk all over me, Mm -hmm. but not be an asshole when they do. Like there's this very sweet spot in the middle between both that we're all trying to find. And if anybody says they found it and they're living it perfectly, they're probably full of shit. (laughs) But Uh, that's why I just unpopular opinion. I don't agree with those like narcissistic support groups. Like I'm not invalidating the abuse that anybody has gone through with a narcissistic partner. But in my mind, it's like, okay, free yourself or find help to help you free yourself. There's so much help out there now. But instead of expending your energy focusing on woo rah fuck narcissist, stop and look in that mirror and say, A, how did I attract them? B, why did I stay? Because you were probably, from one codependent to another, you were probably codependent on that person even though they were a narcissist. Whatever the label you want to give someone, you know, look at yourself. Expend that energy into, whoa, I need some compassion and some healing here because that's really sad that I would accept that instead of just validating and validating. Yeah, he was an asshole. He was so bad. Yeah. It's like, stop. You, you already know that you don't got to just go follow all these checklists that posted about narcissists and controlling partners. Most, most individuals are trying to find a life that tailors to them to avoid their own shit yeah and not many are willing to take responsibility for everything and say how can i become better period how can i become better yeah this person just triggered me sure i have codependency issues i'm not going to do it for anybody outside of me how Mm -hmm. do i become better with everything people are telling me and showing me and show up the best me i think a lot of partners also say like let's use us as an example if i were to say well once you're not so controlling i'll be more i mean less codependent yeah so it's like people say well once my partner does this or behaves in that way then i'll become better because it's because of them being controlling or a narcissist that i'm the way i am right now yeah, and this is this is just a deep-seated psychological deal that nobody realizes has nothing to do about relationships. It goes mm-hmm. way back to like a very primal nature. I have to trust that if I go out and hunt today, that you're going to garden today. Hunger Games. Yeah, because if if you don't garden and I show up with our food, we still can't live. Like we need we need mm-hmm. this, we need this, and we need this. All these pieces of the puzzle have to fit together. And we have, if we have a community of ten that has to handle their own individual thing every day, mm-hmm. I just have to trust that if I go be the best me, yeah. that you're gonna do the same for you. And in the evening, we're gonna come together and we're gonna sing and we're gonna dance and we're gonna eat beautiful, wonderful food. But if I'm worried about you gardening today. I'll end up never hunting. And if I never hunt and you never garden, then we go hungry that night. So you've got to show up. Just trust. fires and our faces are in the sky. Yeah, you got to trust that if I go do and be the best me, whatever else happens is going to happen. But maybe somebody will see that I'm doing the best to be me and maybe they'll go out and be the best them and we'll just have this thriving world. Yeah. Gosh, I wish I could 
I wish I recorded it and I could tattoo it on my chest because when we lived in Austin and I was the one who was, I wasn't controlling, but I was definitely the oversensitive, like getting triggered after trigger after trigger. And then towards the end of those four or five months, you were just like, yo, I love you more than anything in the world, but this is your shit. I can't help you fix it. Remember that conversation Mm -hmm. on the phone? Boy, was I mad. My face was red. But when we hung up and I was sitting in the silence of that big old kitchen in Austin, I was like, he is so right. And that was just a moment. You know, we always have those little moments that Mm -hmm. pop up so randomly that change our lives forever. And I've applied that to everything, to writing my second book, right? To everything. Like, no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to help you. In that moment, I was relying on you to make my mental health feel safer. Yeah. When really... It was my own shit that I needed to release and get help with. and Yeah, and that's whenever I was relying on you to <laughs> stay with in the relationship with me. So I was just kind of willing to, you know, do whatever I needed to to kind of try and keep the peace because so many things were happening. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow. Yeah. And yeah. Willem swings. Then I go to the right. other side. And then I say, hey, I know... I have past partners that were way before you, and sometimes it triggers you, but I've been faithful and committed to you, so if anything pops up, I'm all ears, I'm here, but that's a you problem that you've got to let go and stay focused on our present and all the love we create and our future goals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People think... I I just... One thing that is something that I am living by today that anybody, you, anyone in my life must live by if they want to be in my space, is I'll be honest to you, you gotta be honest with me. And if we can't be honest with each other, then it's not a relationship I wanna have. Mm -hmm. No matter who it is, how much, that's one absolute with me that I'm very rooted in now. Mm -hmm. So. I'll attract people that you look up to. I'll mm -hmm. attract mentors. Yep. People think that love is Romantic dates, spontaneous trips, getting dressed up and going out to a fancy dinner, having wild, passionate sex. Well, minus but the fancy dinner, that's pretty much what it is for us. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. Because maybe we're nearing the end of this episode and people are listening like, Jesus. Can I say Jesus? Am I going to get canceled? <laughs> They're no, saying, Universe. Christmas. Whoa, that's a lot of shit. This is what you do every day. When when is there time for love, for fun, for but like I said yesterday, like some people might be listening to this and thinking, my heck no, I am not doing that. That is a lot of work. I'd rather just be alone. But there is something so beautiful about when I get a new book in the mail and I just want to call you and be like, I got this new book. This is what it's all about. Perfect example. Yes. There's something so beautiful about saying, hey, I ordered a green chef meal and we're going to make tacos tonight. The little, this is what people crave. People who are single, people who haven't been in relationships, they can say like, I love it, but this is what we came here for are these little pieces of human connection Mm -hmm. it's not the super passionate times it's not your marriage i hate to break it to you but we are both two divorcees who have been married and gone down that path your wedding doesn't mean shit (laughs) it really doesn't it's a fun party but like no 
Yeah. No, it's just not about that. It's not about the day you have your first baby together. That's beautiful, but that's not what it's about. Well, it's kind of like today. Whenever you're, you're, you sent me your text and I was like, hey, richer, poor, you know, the vow that everyone says, right? For richer, poor, sickness and health, no matter what, right? That shouldn't just be something that you wait until the day you cross some magical threshold to say like when you want to be committed to somebody in a relationship that should be a mantra that you then take on then yeah period yeah so i so right now you are in a men's group therapy Mm -hmm. and i'm doing individual therapy again i'm so excited she's an aquarius but um one thing that i brought up with her already and i just hold on to and i guess it just lends itself to how spiritually powerful our relationship is we are not normal i think we know that but the moment we were such good friends there's nothing you you could have done that would trigger me at all at all and then the moment we had sex for the first time it was like this threshold just vanished and all of a sudden dark energy just poured in and it's not from you because, of course, a lot of people who are listening to this from their own state of projecting or bias. I like, knew it. I knew he was so bad for you. I can notice in your Instagram pictures you oh, look yeah. sad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Come on. I've heard some weird shit from you guys. <laughs> but it, it was my own. Right. I wasn't in healthy relationship. I wasn't doing healthy things before you. Same. You know that more than anybody. Yeah. At all. To be continued in a book later, because I don't even yeah. want to speak it out loud. Yeah. But you know them. Yeah. And everything down to the details of them. And so when we had sex, you opened me up, both literally and physically. <laughs> <laughs> and all of my demons and my darkness was just like, let's do this. <laughs> like, here's this broom, here's the mop, here's the vacuum. Like, you've got some cleaning to do, girl. And he is your twin flame. So he's going to mirror everything you everything you hate about him, Steph, is what is in you. Everything he does that triggers you is what you've done to him or other people. And it's the most beautiful yet the most difficult Saturnian boot camp ever. But like you pointed out, because you are definitely more optimistic than me, even though I'm a set, is... Oh, wow, the past three months have just been like looking in the mirror from crying so long and not even recognizing ourselves. On the other side of that token, it has been moments playing frisbee at the beach or watching dolphins literally jump out of the water like Free Willy Are with you the boys. so hard that you didn't even remember the Harry Potter ride? Yes, that it's like, oh, this is the life I always dreamt of and always strived for. But I just had to climb up these boulders and get a cut on my knee and break my ankle a few times to reach it. And now I don't think life is going to always be this way. I'm definitely crossing my fingers that this is just a really intensive, deep cleaning phase Mm -hmm. we're going through. Because like I said earlier in the show, who knows what lies ahead for us. You know, unfortunately, there will be more traumas that are inflicted from things that don't even involve us as a couple, you yeah. know, and we'll need to be there as life partners. We will need to be there for each other. Oh my God, when Jeffrey dies, oh, Mr. Yeah. Snore Sauce over here, I genuinely fear I will die of heartbreak. So I will need you yeah. for that. 
Yeah. And, right. I, and I'm sure when that time comes, there's going to be projections because you're going to be is. hurting oh, so God. bad. But it's my, it's, it is my responsibility as your partner to continue battling the Hunger Games with you. And that's mm-hmm. why I love that quote I sent you. It's better to be looking at the mountain than looking at your feet. It may be a long climb to the top, but no matter how climb how steep that climb is, it's you're better off looking up at it than looking down at your oh, feet. Oh, and is the view worth it? Yeah. Right? Always. Because on our good days, do you ever just stop and look around and go, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, we when I look at this. are abundant yeah. in every shape, way, and form of the word. Yeah. Like financially, emotionally, materialistically, like we're looking at the ocean right now. And this is just, oh my gosh, to know we're just getting started. And once all of this heavy baggage is cleaned and like no matter, of course, we can sit here as Scorpio moons with matching tattoos and say we're going to last forever. But the reality of it is we don't know. None of us could die. die we could yeah. we could evolve and change and say, listen, you're going left, I'm going right, I love you, this is just it. We don't know what's going to happen. But I will always, forever, until the day I die with Jeffrey, look back at this relationship and say it was the best of my life because it cleaned me up. It, I got my shit together. And because of this relationship, I'm going to perform better in career. I'm going to be a way better friend. I'm a better daughter, a better sister, a better mother. Yeah. you. It, because of you are. this. Yeah. It, vice versa. I, so I always bow my head in gratitude to you. Yeah. I always do the same. I knew from day one when we had our the, the Primal Pug deal. And I after it was all said and done, it was like, wow. I am going to be the best man I can possibly be for those around me, for you, for myself, for, you know, what's to come in the future, period. I, I And I have you that I have to thank for that because I would have probably easily continued living in a false la-la land that was just pain. What is your Saturn and Sag? Yeah. <laughs> living in a land of pretense? Yeah. When you get so used to living in pain, you don't mm-hmm. even know what, what comfort feels like. God, so. I haven't used that too, the quote. It's true. <laughs> you really don't. Reading this, the, the book you had me made. It's for, not the destination, it's the journey. For our friend anniversary. Yes. These are the moments, right, where when I read this and I see this, that I think, wow. So for wow. everybody listening, you can't see us. We, we really need to make a YouTube or something. I, um, I got a little guest book, like something you would find at a wedding or an event. It's made out of wood. And in front, I carved, it's not the destination, it's the journey. And me and this Virgo over here have traveled so much. Oh. And so it took me almost two months to make this, but I went on our Airbnb. I have over 73 reviews. That is how, and that's just my account. We're not including his, okay? We've been to a lot of freaking Airbnbs. And so I went in each one, and I printed out pictures of the kitchen or the living room, just the mundane areas of the house, all the homes we stayed in. And I printed them, and I put them, I filled a bunch of pages in a book, and I wrote little notes next to them, like washing off all the red dirt off in Moab, grilling in the backyard under string lights, the moon, the full moon rising through these windows, and this Alamosa, Colorado. And I made him a big book. 
to share that it's not the destination. It's the journey. Yeah. That's love. These moments, making potatoes in that kitchen in Midland, like those are what we fight for. Yeah. What did I tell you yesterday? Most, most are in the pursuit of happiness, but most lose happiness along the pursuit. So right? good. That's, that's this. Absolutely. So good. So in those moments of triggers that I have in the future, in those moments of wanting to have a conversation and understanding, is this going to be productive? I hope that I do enough work that I have the wherewithal to remember this. Yeah, because when we're with the boys or when we're being goofy by ourselves and we laugh, like we do whole belly laughs because... And when we feel joy or when we have sex, that'll be another episode, we put our whole mind, body, and spirit into it. And we're only able to do that because we've worked through the shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you can be in a relationship and ignore all the shit, but the sex, the laughter, the meals you cook and share together, the travel, there's always that undercurrent where you can't give a full laugh. You can't have that spiritual orgasm. You yeah. can't, you know? Yeah. Because you ignore the shit. So it's worth it. Absolutely. But I can't wait until I'm like 70 years old and say, I have no fucks to give. Like mom says. Well, you, yeah. I long it for will. that day. It'll happen. <laughs> it's just, I don't, I'm on a mission to become the best man I can possibly be. And the more I'm around phenomenal people and people who are also growing a lot, I realize that this is just part of the journey. If I wanted to be okay being, you know, who I was, then, you know, maybe there's a lot of things I wouldn't have needed to face just because I wanted to float on and go along and, you know, go along to get along kind of thing. But I want to I want to end my time like that movie last night. I was just about to bring up Big Fish. I want to end my life where people don't know if it's true or false because there's so much life that I've lived and so many lies and truths that I've faced and having no fear of what may come tomorrow because I'm living for today mm-hmm. and I just want to be the best man possible and to do that you have to understand that you want to live the best life you're going to have to unpack this nasty dark closet and clean every corner uh-huh. so that so the movie he's referring to is Big Fish came out in 2003 we are so far behind but we didn't watch it well gosh we were like 13, 14 it came out back then and we watched it last night and we it's so eccentric and Aquarius yeah. weird that <clears throat> while we were watching it we would look over at her like what are they trying to get at or what but it wasn't until our morning coffee walk on the beach that you were like oh my god I get what the movie means they look in that old witch's glass eye and see how they die like all these kids went up to a witch and were like let me see your glass eye because if you look in it you can see how you die right and so because they saw that and knew, okay, well, I was really old in a hospital bed when I die. So since I'm 13 now, and I know I'm not going to die until I'm like 80, nice, rock on. Let's go jump with spiders. Let's swim with sharks. Let's have motorcycles run around me at a circus. Let yeah. me go put my head in a lion's mouth. The movie is so good. But what an interesting question. If you guys could call into the show right now and say, Steph, rub your crystal ball. And tell me how I'm going to die. Okay, caller number three. You're going to die when you're 91 in a nice cabin in the mountains, peacefully in your sleep. And if you're 33 years old, you're like, what? I still got over 60 years of life, and I'm guaranteed that's the way I die? Oh, my God, I'm going to go skydiving? 
I'm not going to worry about fighting with my partner because I know I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. I'm going to tell people I love them more. Yeah. That's that's along the same advice I give people. I don't like to do predictive astrology to plant seeds, but I always tell them when they're like, when am I going to meet the one? I just laugh. I'm like, okay, what if I tell you June 1st, 2022, you're going to meet the one. And that's it. That's your end game. That's your baby J. <laughs> How? What are you gonna do from now until then? Oh, I'm I'm gonna work out and really get my health good so I look good when they're here. Yeah. Why aren't you doing that already? Yeah. I'm going to. Well, I want to just clean out some of my shit, like you guys are saying. So I'm gonna sign up for therapy, do some self help because if I know they're here in June, that gives me about four months to get ready. Why aren't you doing that right now? Yeah. Start today. Don't mm-hmm. wait till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it. that when we met. We just met when we met. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a whole other episode. See, are we having a power struggle on no, the No, <laughs> we're not. So here's where if you made it to the end of the episode and you heard the part before where you were like, ooh, this doesn't sense. I knew this, we'd end at 333. This is toxic. Um, I don't want a relationship like that. If you made it this far, nah. before we ever got into these three-hour-long power struggles, <laughs> we would talk as just best friends yeah. for eight hours a day. Yeah, about about astrology, work, about astrology, dogs, about yeah, about Moab. <laughs> no power struggles at all. Just talk. Mm-hmm. So it's not anything different. Turtles, yeah. sage sticks, yep. llamas, Polaroids. Literally. I think we would drive people nuts if they lived with us for three days. Virgo's edge, Scorpio moon. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Such and know-it-alls. Making love. Okay. There you go. That's what we do. Thank you, Baby J, for coming on the show. It's been a while, but last week's episode I had mentioned, I just hinted that we were having some relationship woohoos, and I strategically said I'm not going to go into it <laughs> unless he's here because there are two sides and the truth to every story so I wanted to respect and honor your side and you know we also preface that not that we need to anymore but when we mention our ex-spouses there are two sides and the truth to every story so yeah just remember that when you guys listen to shows like ours or anybody else's where they're sharing their experience just plant it in your mind two sides and the truth absolutely thank you for having me on yeah on the lounge Thank you guys for listening to Jeffrey snoring. I'm so excited to move my hand because I've been cupping his mouth (laughs) for the whole time. But we love you and we will see you later. Sending love from Panama City Beach. We're going to go enjoy the sunset. Bye-bye. Bye.